Welcome to the Mercedes Wilson Show. Racism is defined as a prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Why is it present in the church? Let's talk. You're amazing. Welcome to the Mercedes Wilson Show. I have two special guests on my show today that are very passionate about the topic that we are talking about today, and they address it in church on a regular basis. Pastor Breck is senior pastor at Renovation, and Elder Kamara Lattimore is the worship director at Renovation as well. Welcome. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> I'm excited y'all are here. Are y'all ready for this? Here. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think you are too, yeah. Pastor. I think you are too. Kamara. Yes. Elder Kamara. Tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tell tell you a little bit of. I mean, how, how much time do we have? <laughs> oh God, thirty <laughs> seconds. No, no. Um, I um, I love God with everything in me. I try to live that through my passion and you know how I live my life. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, I serve as the music director at Renovation Church, uh, mm -hmm. where this is my pastor. Um, and so today is exciting for me because we get to address a lot of the things that we look at every Sunday. Yep. And we yep. live through every Sunday, yeah. kind of conquer every right. Sunday. So right. I'm excited about that. That's good. Mm -hmm. Pastor Breck, tell us a little bit about you. Well, uh, I am a relocator uh, from the Midwest. I'm a Kansas City born and raised uh, guy. And uh, we moved into Buffalo, New York in the region back in 2001. And... Um, and love Buffalo. This is now what we call home. Got three kids, an incredible wife, mm -hmm. and I have the privilege to be able to pastor and help serve an incredible community of faith called Renovation <coughs> Church mm -hmm. in Northwest Buffalo, mm -hmm. uh, in kind of the, the area of uh, Black Rock, West Hurdle, and Riverside mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we are, and we've been uh, on this journey of. Uh, what does it look like to be a uh, multi-ethnic, uh, yeah. multi-generational uh, community of faith in the city of Buffalo, which is, last time I heard, the sixth <coughs> most segregated city in America. And how do we navigate that in yeah. those waters? And so that's a little bit about where we are presently. And I would just simply say, uh, I would not have believed that I would be sitting in this chair talking about this, mm -hmm. probably... 10, 12 years ago, because mm -hmm. it really wasn't on my radar screen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I just kind of have to, uh, before we start talking about this, I'm, I'm a, a white dude on a journey uh, <laughs> that has tried to uh, really understand what, um, what I did not know mm -hmm. um, 10, 12 years ago, and yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah. Every single week, I have aha moments. But um, it's nothing, it's by the grace of God that I'm yeah. sitting here and that I get to be on this journey, get to be mm -hmm. side by side with Elder Kamara. <laughs> and, uh, and she has taught me so much along the way as so many others in, uh, in our community of faith yeah. have. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this. I'm ready Absolutely. to dig in. So one of the, one of the um, 
famous uh, quotes of Dr. Martin Luther King was, and he said it in 1963, it's appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And today, that can still ring true in our country. Um, and there are folks of the faith, like you and I, mm -hmm. that honestly believe that racism is okay and that the Bible justifies it. Mm -hmm. So I would love to start with uh, you, Pastor, on every Sunday, um, <coughs> what, what goes through your mind, knowing the climate of our country, mm -hmm. when you stand up to give a sermon mm -hmm. and you know where we are? What, what's going through your mind? Yeah. Well, it's a good question. That's a great quote. I, 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 um, I've had to read a lot. I've had to kind of put myself in some spaces. I had a, uh, several years ago, um, somebody suggested to me, hey, if you're going to be um, planning a church, starting a church in an under-resourced community, diverse community, uh, then you ought, to, you ought to get hooked up with this association called CCDA, mm -hmm. Christian Community Development Association. And so I didn't really know anything, I'm not sure. So I went down there and I, I was down in, in Miami and it, was, uh, and it was the fall, uh, last weekend of October 2008. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. Uh, a white dude who has basically lived all of his life in ministry. My dad's a pastor uh, with kind of an idea that white was right mm -hmm. and kind of this idea that uh, I thought I, I had a good handle on my politics, on my theology, on my perspective and all of those things. And I remember going down and in this, this convention center and it was really the first, uh, what I would say, kind of uh, conference that I went to that was predominantly led on stage by people of color. Mm -hmm. And I'd always gone to conferences that looked like me, right? right and right. so uh, I'd already spent uh, four hours in a breakout session going through the eight essentials of CCDA. And that kind of rocked my world. And I realized, wow, this is an incredible association of people who basically put the under-resourced, the marginalized, the dismissed at the center of their concern. Mm. And so I'm sitting there and Dr. John Perkins, like the OG of just like an amazing man that I'd never heard of. I'm in my mid forties. I'd never heard of Dr. John Perkins. And he gets up and he makes this statement. He goes, I can't believe he was 80 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't believe I'm getting ready to possibly see a black man walk into the Oval Office and sit down behind the president's desk to lead, not to serve. Mm -hmm. And the place <clears throat> erupted. Mm -hmm. And I looked around and I was so disturbed because in my mind, and I, this, I just have to set this up, in my mind, mm -hmm. I thought this was a Christian conference. Mm. And I had never yeah. seen or heard, like, I know these people are Christian. I know that they're like, like Dr. John Perkins. And all of a sudden I realized uh, there was a whole room of Christian Democrats. Mm. And I didn't know there was such a thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can imagine. Wow. Uh -huh. And it was, a, it was an epiphany. It was an aha moment. It was like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
they're cheering. They're actually like this, like President Obama next week was getting ready and they were celebrating it. And it was it was one of those things I sit there. I'm like, I know these are God loving people. Mm -hmm. There might be something else I need to learn mm, about right. this. That's what set up this journey. Yeah. Mm. So I can't really answer today's stuff without kind of going back there, realizing. Right. Yeah. And thank like, you for that. This yeah. is yeah. this is. <clears throat> Like, I don't want to pretend like this is who I've been. This is where I've gone to this mm -hmm. journey. And so I've done a lot of reading. And one of the my mentors, Noel Casiano, said, hey, listen, if you're going to try to lead people of color, if you think that that's going to happen, then you need to put yourself under people of color. Mm. And he said, what was the last 10 books that's you good. read? That's good. And I said, well, I don't like, no, I don't mean what was the title, who wrote them. Right. So who what? was the color of the authors of the last 10 books you read. Wow. Mm -hmm. Why well, didn't have to think uh, white? Mm -hmm. He goes, so you, you haven't, you don't have anybody you're buried. And I said, well, can you give me some suggestions? And he started giving me uh, Latinx uh, uh, authors, uh, theologians, Latino and, and African-American and, you know, Korean. And I'm like, Oh, I got some more. Mm -hmm. So in that beginning of that journey, I thank God for Noel and, and him kind of taking me under his wing. And so those are the things that have kind of brought me to this place. Right. And so now, as I step into, uh, on our stage and we talk about these things, my perspective is, is what Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17. He, he, he prayed that there would be unity because he gave his life for unity so we don't have to create unity we have to make sure that the unity that christ gave us on the cross is actually what we see today heaven yeah. on earth right? right and so that's that's kind of our journey and that's what we're talking about because actually uh jamar tisby wrote in his book uh, that that quote that dr martin luther king was actually a quote from a black pastor in the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. was true in the 1800s was true in the 60s, and it's true today in 2020. Mm -hmm. Less than 4% of all churches in America are multi-ethnic. 96% mm -hmm. of all churches in America are mono-ethnic. Mm -hmm. White, brown, black, you know, whatever that is, right? And you go, man, if Jesus was praying for it and he describes it in Revelation, then we got some work to do. Yeah. So, so is it uh, comfort or is it ignorance that we are so segregated? And, and I want you to chime in on this too. But is it comfort or is it ignorance on the church's part? Because it's still prevalent. It is. So which one is it? It's, it's, uh, I, I, I wouldn't say it's necessary. It, it, it could be some level of comfort. Um, and I think there is some level of, of ignorance or uneducated. Mm -hmm. All I can answer, I can't answer for everybody. I can just answer for right, me. Right, right. But I, I, and I often say this, I said, you know, after doing a little bit of homework, right? And I would just say, I mean, we just had this conversation at church Sunday a little bit. And it wasn't really the main topic. It's just like, <laughs> hey, uh, as, a, as, a, as a white male, the most privileged of beings in America, right? Yeah. Uh, I got to do some work of maybe decentering some of my whiteness yeah. and understanding that there is a greater perspective. 
and an understanding of of um, what I was taught growing up yeah. and, and all of that. And, and so what I would say is, is that a lot of the issue of, of what we see today sits on the shoulders of white-led churches mm. in America mm. for, since our existence, yeah. since we started. I want, I want you to chime in. So mm -hmm. what do you see? Because obviously your church talks about it. Absolutely. I, I believe it's ignorance turned comfort. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of morphed. It kind of it's it's ignorance, 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 and then the more you lay there, you, you just get comfortable, mm -hmm. and there's no need to change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you're surrounded by people who are either ignorant or comfortable. You know, so you're in like company. Um, I believe <clears throat> that you know, and I was sitting here trying not to get emotional as BC was talking because to me, deliverance is the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, when God can come into everything that man has taught us. And change that and shift that and chop that and mince that and kill that and say, no, this is the love that I have. Mm -hmm. And this is this is the vision I want to give you. There's to me, there's just nothing more beautiful. Um, so when it comes to uh, the question was, is it is it ignorance or is it is it comfort? I think it's a combination of the two. I think they come together. Um, but I think the vast majority of us are ignorant. Mm -hmm. I don't think we pay. I don't think we care enough to pay attention to change. You know, mm. it's like my way is right because this is what I've been taught. Right. And right. everything you've that's been taught you know. yep. has to be wrong. Yep. You know, yep. so that, that's what I think it is. No. Yeah. So yeah. so how do we address that, Pastor? How do you address it in your church? Well, we are. So just to kind of understand kind of the makeup of of our church at this point, we're about 45 percent African-American. We're about 30 percent Caucasian mm -hmm. and about 20, 25 percent percent Latinx and then just kind of a, uh, a smattering of different things right mm -hmm. and so it, it as the gospel I mean there is no if if I love the quote if um, if the gospel of Jesus isn't good news to everyone mm. then it's not the good news of Jesus Christ mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. got to be good news to everyone, not just some. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just the just the gospel, we have to begin to. I, I used to think that the Apostle Paul grew up in Kansas City. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And because the, the perspective that was taught to me was a Midwest value. He was a good patriotic American. He loved Jesus. He loved America. That was the Apostle Paul. And it wasn't until later in my life I realized that Paul, Paul was a Middle Eastern, maybe dark skinned. Paul looked like me. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> And everything that the Apostle Paul wrote about came from being in a position of being a Jew who was in a, a dominant, dominated culture. All of these things. And it mm -hmm. changes the perspective of the gospel. That'll mess up someone's perspective right, right there. Yeah. yeah. Right? When, you, when yeah. you think of a, of a broader sense of that. And so, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Wow, we got to take a break, but we're coming back yeah, because yeah. we have to finish talking about All this. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so you stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever since I made my first beat, I knew music was a passion. Along with the beat makers in my company, I get to share my passion. Music is a way to dream, and now I get a chance to make dreams come true. Welcome to Soundmaster Beats.
Restore your body, beauty, and soul with Capriceology.com. Providing wellness and ministry services for your church and family with master herbalist, iridologist, and conference speaker Caprice Butts. Are you as healthy as you want to be? Nutritional help is just a click away with online wellness packages and consultations. Or grab your friends and book a wellness workshop for your church group. Plus, get daily inspiration to revive you from the inside out. Restore your body, beauty, and soul with Capriceology.com. Subscribe today for a free wellness guide. Welcome back to the Mercedes Wilson Show. I have Pastor B and Elder <laughs> Kamara still here with me. Uh -huh. um, so, um, Pastor, first of all, I want to say thank you for your transparency mm -hmm. because you don't hear you don't hear that. You don't hear folks, you know, saying, listen, this is this is the perspective I came from. So God is still working on me, mm -hmm. too. Um, but can we talk about the climate? Mm -hmm. Because you have, like you said, you're in a room full of African-American uh, Democrats. Can we talk about without getting into the politics mm -hmm. and who's right and who's wrong? But the climate of it is undeniable. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? How does the church deal with that today? Because it's Democrat, Democrat, Republican, it's right or wrong right now. Everybody's mm -hmm. just, you know, so how, how are you addressing that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I don't know that I'm addressing it, I'm doing it well. All I know is that it is a, that it's not a topic that we can dismiss. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we've been talking about being proactive. Like this year, 2020, uh, is being set up to be one of the most toxic years uh, in memory of the United States, mm. and I think, and and it's, and I think a lot of it has to do, um, and I, I think I think we're going to be held accountable. The church, the big C church of America, is going to be held accountable on what we do this year and how we handle the politics. Are we going to continue to elevate? the politics of whatever side we're on mm -hmm. above the call of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, actually a triple like citizen. First of all, I'm, I'm a, a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And that's my greatest allegiance right there. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a citizen of the United States, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'm also a dual citizen of uh, citizen nation Potawatomi. So um, I, my mom's side is, is Native American. My dad's side is, is, has some Native American. Both sides of my family walked the, some type of trail of tears or trail of death. Mm -hmm. But we never really associated with that part of our culture right but that is in our history yeah and so what what I'm having to realize is that um, if if we are trying to prove our rightness our correctness in whichever side we're in mm -hmm. then we're gonna get ourselves in trouble and that's exactly what we're trying to do right yeah, now. yeah. that's exactly what's happening yeah. and if anybody could have pulled the correct card mm -hmm. it was Jesus Christ right mm -hmm. Christ, right? God put on flesh, moved into the hood of humanity, mm -hmm. found the most marginalized uh, teenage girl he could find as a Jew, a Galilean teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And that's where he had his coming out party. And he told all of these shepherds, which in tradition are young men, but actually shepherds back in the day, if you do a little research, might have been middle school girls, mm -hmm. right? That's actually part of the shepherds, dark skinned, mm -hmm. middle aged, right? That's where Jesus identified himself, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so now all of a sudden, Jesus comes and he lives. And then one of the things that he just simply says is that in that prayer, he says, you got to love each other as I have loved you. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, it's not about our politics. Mm -mm. It's not about our right or wrong. Because if anybody could have pulled the right card, it would have been Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm right. But Jesus didn't come to prove his rightness. He came to connect with us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if we will begin, I think, just simply to be, have a posture. Mm -hmm. And I say this to, to my white brothers and sisters. Like, it, it, we need to have a posture of being a student, not a critic. Yeah. And so I think our posture, our tone really has to set forth like it's all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Right. And so are we going to pray against God's direction on our nation? Mm -hmm. Are we going to elevate our politics over what God wants? Mm -hmm. So we have to be in God. We trust is in our dollar bills. Mm -hmm. So is that just something on a bill or is that going to be in our heart? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's not just in God we trust in our money. It's in everything that we do. Yeah. So I think, I think that's kind of the posture, at least that I'm trying to say, hey, listen, yeah. uh, we need to be involved. We need to be engaged. But let's not elevate our politics above our love for each other. Right. And then I would, I would love to hear some of your ideas on how, how we do that. How do, you, how do we show love? Well, I, mm, well, first, I think we can't hide from the truth. Mm. Mm -hmm. We have to have these conversations more often. Right. You know what I mean? We have to put that out there. Hey, this is what we're dealing with. This is the truth so that we're not ignorant, so that we know, so that we can change and we can fix things. Mm -hmm. But then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think the other route to changing um, all of this and just kind of implementing the love of God above anything else is having conversations with people that don't look like you. Mm. I have I have to he has so much insight that I have no clue about because he's sat in different rooms yeah but if I you know what I mean but if That's I never true. sit and talk to him I never know and so and then he has to mm. sit and talk to me and then he'll mm. he'll be able to understand me as well and so when we sit and because what happens is when we sit across from people who don't look like us we we definitely see our differences but we also see how much we're alike yeah you know, and yeah. then those are the things that can make us really love and want to connect. And then that opens the door for love and fellowship and connectivity and unity and all of that stuff. But it's, it's, as yep. long as we stay separate, mm -hmm. yeah. yep. nothing will ever change. Yep. And, and Pastor, you said something that I want you to speak to the church on when you talked about 2020 is one of the most important years. Um, and, and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but one of the, one of the most um, instrumental years for the church, mm -hmm. what we do this year. Can you... Um, speak to the church. I want you to look into that camera and speak to the church and say what 2020 needs to look like for us. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would just simply say that um, that for us adults and for us as a church, we have a generation that's coming behind us and looking at us. Mm. And if we don't get this right, then we're going to give I think my kids, mm. I got a 23-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 16-year-old, and, and, and all of their friends and this generation, we're going to give them every excuse to not follow Jesus. Mm. And I think how we respond and how we treat each other during this cannot continue to grow toxic. It needs to grow in love. Mm. And so there's, there's so much depending on us to get this right as the adults in the room. Uh, let's love as Christ loved us, mm -hmm. right? And extend the grace that he extended to us. 
let's extend it to each other, no matter what side of the aisle it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anything you want to say? Ah, uh, what do I want to say? <laughs> um, find new friends. Understand that just because you know we're all different shades <clears throat> doesn't mean we don't all bleed the same blood. And it's that it's that connectivity that will open up the door to you to understand love and how to be that mm -hmm. in in the form of Christ. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's all I have. That's all I got. <laughs> and then, um, Pastor, is there? One last question, because you have a uh, church that is um, multicultural, is it okay or how do you celebrate, like how do you celebrate being an African-American woman without offending those around you? Mm. Like, because you know how some people can say, well, uh, wait a minute, you think that you're superior. No, how do you celebrate where you're from, okay. your history, okay. without offending someone else next to you in a multicultural mm -hmm. church mm -hmm. because it can easily turn into well wait a minute mm -hmm. yeah. you're not better than me mm -hmm. how do okay. we celebrate who we yeah. are but uh, at the same time fellowship i think I, okay i can my our worship team mm -hmm. we have black white brown right mm -hmm. and so we're together all the time and so that's something that we all have to be well starting out we all had to be kind of conscious of because you have to learn each other right right and so what you do is you kind of just <laughs> you just move very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very cautiously um, on things that you know can be kind of offensive. But at the same time, you have to be yourself. You have to be yourself, but you have to be yourself through love. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, let me see. What, what's an example I can give? That's as key. A, as a, yeah, love. you got to be yourself through love. Through love. Uh, as, as, I'll say for me, because all I know is play. I like to joke a lot. Um, I use yes, you do, a lot Elder. of my humor. Yes, I yes, do. Elder. I use a lot of my humor to make people who I saw were a little uncomfortable around me comfortable. Mm -hmm. Hey, you can you can call me hey girlfriend. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I won't get offended. You know, and it opens the door for them to feel like, oh, oh, okay. You can see the edge get taken off. Like, yeah, I'm just like you. Yeah. I promise. I'm not mean, I'm not angry, I'm not mad, <laughs> I'm not bitter. Yeah. You know, it's those kind of things. You have to be yourself. Um, and just be cautious of the person next to you and understand that they have to be themselves and you have to have that mutual respect. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank y'all for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, you look like there was something you wanted to say. Yeah. I just simply say it, what we've tried to do is realize is that uh, in a multi-ethnic multicultural uh, community of faith, nobody gets to live in their sweet spot. Mm. Mm. But we will try to visit everybody's neighborhood. That's good. Right? And that's so really that's why we bring in different communicators. That's why we have different kinds of music and song. And, mm. and, and so that at some point, if you're white, brown, back, if you're old, if you're younger, like we're going to bring hip hop in and we're going we're gonna to do all of those things. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to visit everybody's neighborhood that's so you good. can kind of lean in. Mm -hmm. Visit everybody's neighborhood. Absolutely. That is so good. Thank you all for coming. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank you so much. And we'll be right back with the Mercedes moment. Wardrobe for the Mercedes Wilson Show was provided by Clothes Mentor in Tonawana, New York. Grade A looks for less. Peter had an experience. In Acts 10, God had a talk with Peter. He showed him a vision. And the Bible says in verse 11, A vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down on the earth. All manners of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. A voice said to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter replied, No, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. The voice replied, What God has cleansed, don't call it unclean. 
This was done three times. Later in the chapter, when he relays this message to Cornelius, as God instructed him, Peter says in verse 34, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and is worth righteousness is accepted by him. God is no respecter of persons. He looks at the heart. Racism is never okay for anyone that is claiming to be a Christian. The blood covers and saves all of us. If you think otherwise, then you are reading a different Bible than me. God sent his disciples to preach to the world, and we are his disciples. Racism has no place in the church. Thank you for allowing me in your homes today, and I pray that God blesses everything that you hold dear to your hearts. Learn more about this show, fill out forms to be a guest, and give us your show ideas all at MercedesEWilson.com. Also, follow me on all of my social media handles at MercedesEWilson, and don't forget to check out all of the shows via YouTube and my podcast. Share this show with someone you love, and thank you for tuning into the Mercedes Wilson Show. You're amazing.